You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every single Monday. And hosted by us. Question. What's harder? Researching breakthroughs in quantum physics or dancing with international ballet companies? Answer. Doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Meet Merritt Moore, who is more than up for the challenge. Ha! Merritt <laughs> recently submitted her PhD thesis in quantum optics at Oxford University and has danced with the Zurich Ballet, Boston Ballet, English National Ballet, and more, which means she's continually jumping from lab coats Merritt shares her unconventional choice to pursue academia and the rigorous world of professional dance in tandem, despite many people telling her she couldn't do both. Instead of trying to convince them, she often just rejected the premise of the question and instead focused on doing the work. Mm -hmm. That's just one of many mentoring moments Merritt shares in this episode. Yes. Oh, did we mention that Merritt also recently competed to become an astronaut candidate on a BBC reality show? Because she did. You'll hear more about that, plus the physics of fuetes and, you know, a few good dance puns starting now. Christina, go. 
I mean, what can I say? This episode is on point. Nice. Okay, keep listening, guys. There's more where that came from. Let's jump to it, shall we? Do you mean jeté? Ooh, nice. Yep. <laughs> hey, Christina. Hey, Kate. Hi, Merritt. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> we are we are so excited to have you on the show. You have found a way to merge two worlds that are equally fascinating and dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just telling Christina before we hopped online, I follow a lot of ballerinas on Instagram. I have now I started following you, They Merit. post really good videos. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun to watch. So are really fun as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. And like in my dream life, I, I won't go down a rabbit hole of my own ballet experience, but it involved <laughs> storming out of class when I was eight years old and never going back. Alas. Oh, um, but, but that's okay. I love ballet and I have a great appreciation mm-hmm. for it. Um, but alas... You know, I've been noticing, like, for example, New York City Ballet has, uh, they've all been like talking about how they've been doing Swan Lake because they've been putting that up uh, in the yeah. past few it is weeks. That season. That's right. And so, you know, before we jumped in with you, Merritt, I was like looking through, you know, ooh, physics and ballet and was reminded of that Swan Lake, those 32 fuetes in a row, which seems yeah. like physically, like you are a human spinning top in that. Like it seems... It's at the end of the ballet when they bring oh, the right. like hour. Like, uh, of course. Finishing a marathon <laughs> uphill, of course. Exactly. <laughs> yes, which, Christina, you know something about. Um, I do. Uh, going uphill at the end is not nice, nor is 32 fuetes at the end. <laughs> yeah. And that's what everyone remembers. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, Merit, how is that physically possible to spin that many times? <laughs> I'm so amazed. It's fun. So like thinking about the physics of it. So because I've had to juggle both like the physics and dance, yeah. I've had to be quite smart about how I train. Mm-hmm. And so knowing the physics like gives me a leg up when I'm in a dance class. Oh, a lot of leg up. People- yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> catch. Not intended, but now I'm thinking. Maybe it was. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Well, I imagine, I mean, are you thinking about while you're like mid-fuete? Do you ever have a physics thought while you're doing that? Are you like, ooh, my torque is lit right now? Or I I don't know. I don't know. I guess that would be my (laughs) physics thought. But, you know, a more legitimate Um, (laughs) physics thought. I definitely visualize. I mean, it becomes second nature. And I definitely visualize where my center of mass is, Mm. whenever I'm about to balance. Like, that helps a lot. And knowing, oh, okay, you know, particularly is the center of mass, but, you know, what position should my hand be in order to balance out my leg that's going to be in the air? Mm. Or for instance, with a fuete, it's like knowing that angular momentum needs to be conserved, which means, and that's equal to the the angular velocity times the rotational inertia. So if my legs and arms are out, that means my rotational inertia is really big. And that means I have smaller velocity. And then if I bring them back towards my center, that means my inertia is smaller, that means my velocity is bigger because the angular momentum needs to stay conserved. So just knowing those little wow. things, like yeah. just help get through. I think it just speeds up the training hmm. rather than doing everything by trial and error. Mm. It's actually kind of knowing. It just, I mean, there's no way that I'm going through like the math and being like, well, I'm like, <laughs> 
and my arm is this long, so I need so and so force. But well, sure, but if you understand that, like having your arms and legs away from your your body, away from your center of mass, will slow you down, yeah. and that pulling them in speeds you up, you're not going to require you know a ballet mistress to come in and like remind you for the twentieth time why you don't have the speed that you need to keep going, right? Like if you get that intellectually, I think that that probably speeds it up. Yeah. And once you get it in your body and you can, it becomes second nature, that's when it's the most powerful. Or like when you can kind of visualize, you know, what actually physically is going on. Mm -hmm. That's that's what helps the most, I think. Well, I think it's interesting because you, you started dance a little bit late for uh i think uh, what people yeah. imagine middle-aged ballerinas <laughs> yeah i mean you didn't start until you were 13 you're practically a grown-up at that point yeah. what took you into ballet at 13 and why would you kind of give over your teenage years to this very serious very kind of all-in study of dance what was it that pulled you in Um, so it was a mix. I was quite the tomboy as a kid. And then my mom bribed me. I forgot what the bribe was, but (laughs) going to a ballet class because she said I was walking around like my grandfather and she wanted to fix my posture. (laughs) But her thing was she only wanted me to dance for a year. She was like to fix it, you know, at age 13 and then Mm -hmm. she'll have great posture and then we'll stop the ballet. But unfortunately, you know, in her mind, I I just I entered that dance class and it was home. I had never felt more free in my life. Wow. And I think the reason is that as a child I just didn't speak that much and my mom says I didn't even speak till the age of 3. And wow. after that, like it was always the bare minimum. And so mm-hmm. to this day I find like communicating with words it just never does justice to how I'm really feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow, like when constructing a sentence, I don't know, the, just all the layers get lost. And But with dance, it was incredibly liberating. And it just felt so authentic and real that I just never left the dance studio since. <laughs> <laughs> so was there a point, you know, when a year sort of wrapped up and you said, like, Mom, um, I, I'm not done here. Like, I'm going to keep yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like to their dismay or actually anytime I got into a company, like for instance, I, I know I remember calling up my dad being like, dad, dad, I got into Boston ballet or something like that. And he was like, yeah, I heard the bad news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they supported me completely. But for them, it was like, Merritt, when are you stopping this? <laughs> oh my one more gosh. Thing. One more. Thing. This, like this silly thing that you're responsible for introducing me to. Um, yeah. Were you already a physics geek by this point was this were you already kind of down the science path when ballet entered your life I loved math and I loved puzzles so I didn't take my first physics class until I was 17 but I Mm. always I mean I would get in trouble because I would be staying up like trying to finish a 3d puzzle (laughs) oh my gosh I just all the time and and I loved the math side of it and then Physics, I just knew before I had taken the physics class, I knew I was going to love it because I, it's mathy, it's like a puzzle, and it's like applicable to the real world. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, I can, I can do something that will have a meaning and, and perhaps like, you know, create and make stuff that, that helps people or something like that. Um, and, and I just fell in love with it. And then learning more about quantum mechanics and all of that phenomena, 
I mean, that was a whole other world, <laughs> bizarre. It felt like, I was like, oh my God, this is like magic. Like no one understands how this works, but it does. You just, you know, how can we make technology with this? It just was mind blowing. And so I've kind of loved it ever since. And did you apply to college knowing that you would go and study physics or were you thinking about pursuing ballet professionally at that point as well? I applied to college knowing I was going to pursue physics. Um, I'd only done a year, but I just was like, oh, I'm going to, I want to do this. And so I'll just do it. I didn't know if I was going to be any good or not, but I didn't really care. And then uh, with dance, no, dance was off the table. I didn't think I was going to dance at all until my second year of college. Really? What happened? Yeah. What happened then? It was just all these incredible opportunities that were available when I was at college. Like we got to do pieces that principal dancers, that only principal dancers at the best companies in the world get to perform, like Twilight Tharp Sinatra Suite or uh, Trey McInerney's Blue Until June, or Balanchine's Apollo, like all of these principal roles and performing them on these stages and with an audience that was incredibly... Um, generous with their energy and enthusiastic about being there. And so I had all this footage and I, I trained really, really hard. And in my mind, I thought, oh my God, like I was, I think 19 at the time. I was like, oh my God, people retire at this age. Like it's now or never. <laughs> wow. I just had this panic. So <laughs> it was like, oh my God, I have to do it now. I'll never do it ever. And so I, I just went and I did this rampage of auditions during every holiday break, I remember it so distinctly, like Thanksgiving break, Christmas break, Easter break, every break that I had, I went and did auditions and yeah, made it in the end. So this was your sophomore year at Harvard and you were taking these, these dance experiences at Harvard. Was this, is, is there a dance major at Harvard or was this all extracurricular? This was all extracurricular. Wow, This is so interesting because we we had a guest just one or two episodes ago talking about the dance extracurricular program at MIT. And he said virtually the same thing, that there's like these really well-developed, really sophisticated dance programs at these, you know, top colleges that you would never have thought of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Harvard just made dance part of a department. It's theater, dance, and um film this last year but when I was there it was extracurricular all of it and a lot of it was actually student run wow interesting enough a lot of our productions were student run and it just meant that we were that much more enthusiastic about it that much more appreciative of it that much more invested in it I mean those experiences were life-changing and incredible and i I've actually never experienced anything like that before, you know, after that. Yeah, I have to say, I did a lot of student theater in college where we were producing Mm -hmm. it, and there was nothing like it. It also, just that feeling of, like, getting your hands dirty in it, having that power to do what you wanted to do. I recommend it to anybody who's interested in that. Just the agency it gives you, I think, Mm -hmm. also. Hands down. I would argue that I learned my best entrepreneurship skills from producing student theater. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and you get a lot of appreciation for directors later on in life. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so true. So when did you dance with the, so you said on your breaks, Merritt, you were, you know, auditioning for different companies. And at some point in your Harvard career, didn't the Zurich Ballet come into your life? Yeah. 
the last audition was Zurich Ballet and I got in, which was like a dream company for me. And I just, and Harvard was so great. They, I literally, they just said, email us. And so I emailed them being like, hi, Harvard. I'm going to be gone next year. <laughs> I'll be dancing. Oh my gosh. So you took a, you took a year off from Harvard. A year off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What did your parents say about that? They somehow wanted me to like sign in a contract that I was coming back the year after. <laughs> They're like, this is only a one year thing. <laughs> and did you think it was only a one year thing when you went into it? I mean, I, I imagine the contract was specifically one year, but were you going into it with the understanding that you would absolutely come back and finish your degree? Or was there an open ended question mark at the end of that? There was an open ended question mark for me personally. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then mid season, they offered me the contract for the following year. Mm-hmm. And it was a really difficult decision because AI had improved so much. I mean, when I first got there, I remember I was like, they put me way in the back, like, <laughs> like, probably, like behind the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of like their hands and their heads being like, oh my God, what have we accepted? <laughs> but, but, you know, give me five months later, they mm. now, they were putting me, you know, in the front, mm. leading the group. And it was, it, it was a phenomenal experience. I think that, um, yeah, it was, it was quite a debate about whether or not to stay or leave. I think that uh, at the time, yeah, I was, but I was ready to go back to academics at that point. I think mm-hmm. physically I was kind of getting worn down. Psychologically, it was really tough. I gained such strength by being there and such thick skin. Mm. And at the end, I mean, I left so much stronger. But it was a, a debate and also I had to think about the future. So I knew the director was leaving in four years. I knew... To be promoted to soloist, it took four years. So it was like, oh, do I stay four years to be promoted and the director leaves and then start all over? Like, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it makes sense for me to go back to school. So that was kind of the situation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist with Christina Wallace and Kate Scott Campbell. Now let's jeter back to our conversation with Merritt. So you came back to Harvard, you finished your degree, and then what? Well, I did a year. <laughs> so I came back to Harvard and I was like, okay, you know what? I did the ballet thing. I like burned all the point shoes. I threw my guitars. I tried to gain weight so I would never go to a ballet class again. Really? Really, I went extreme. I was like, Like self-sabotage. It was total self-sabotage. And and the thing was that I was like, look, enough people have told me that I can't do both. So Mm. I'm going to focus on physics and I'm really going to try to just focus on physics and not dance. And so I spent the first half of the year, I was pretty good about not dancing. And then there was like a Alvin Ailey class available. <laughs> and then got roped in. And the next, and after a year, the following semester, I took another semester off to dance with Boston Ballet. And oh my gosh. I continued with lab work. So, I mean, I just remember we'd have double shows. I mean, we did a ridiculous number of, sw- of nutcrackers, like 45 nutcrackers. It was something ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Wow. And so... <laughs> Between shows, I would be wiping off all my makeup in a taxi cab, rushing back to the lab to work out my lab, and then 
which entailed like a full on bodysuit headpiece. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, and then I would like rip it all off and go running back and like putting on my fake eyelashes in the taxi cab ride, like back to the. Oh my God, when are we going to see this movie? I, I have, really want to see this yeah, movie. I have so much respect for that fake eyelashes in the taxi cab. That is <laughs> I'm insane so good. merit. No, people get amazed. I, I mean, if someone says, Right, let's go out in five minutes. Like I'm ready. <laughs> I, can, I can do it without a mirror. I'm like I'm pro. But there was. I later found out because then I would also work late at night, and I knew that I had performances the next day, and it was completely empty. So I would I'd be stretching as one would do when <laughs> they get alone in the room, because um, I'd be evaporating some metal. And then later on, the security guard was like, "You know, we have CCTV." <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> So that brings up such a good point, Merit, is that like, it's not like you're balancing two things that are both like really cerebral and that like, if you get sick, you can still pull both of them off. Like you're balancing this like incredibly physically demanding thing. Well, and mentally, right? But like your bodies, you know, how were you able to like, to balance both and also still have your body be intact enough, get a decent amount of sleep, keep yourself healthy to be able to, you know, do those 45 productions or, you know, performances of Nutcracker. It's the little tricks that I've had to do Mm. that might be a little bit peculiar to other people. So literally I keep like tennis balls in my purse. So to roll out my back when I'm at dinner or in a car ride or on the bus, Wow. Like I just pull out the tennis balls or, I mean, foam roller. I sometimes even fall asleep on a foam roller. <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, wow. In positions where I'm stretching every time I'm reading, every time I'm doing emails, every time I'm studying, I'm always in some sort of position where I'm stretching and or maintaining upper back strength. And it's second nature at this point. It's so, mm-hmm. it's, it's habit that I don't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sure you only notice when other people give you crazy looks like your Instagram <laughs> that shows you stretching on a, uh, a flight with your, you know, feet over yeah, your head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I get weird looks now where my roommate would give me weird looks if she found me like sitting at a desk. She's like, be like, Merrick, yo, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Let's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm- <laughs> so so you made it through this semester with the Boston Ballet. You yes. came back and finished your degree at some point, yes? Yes. yes. So now then I then I finished my degree. Then you came and finished your degree. And then you decided to get a PhD. What was that uh what was that path there? I was really enjoying the research that I was doing and it was in condensed matter with a professor called Charlie Marcus at Harvard and it was Really, um, I found it a lot of fun, and I wanted to continue that. And I discussed different places with him, and I thought it would be nice to go to a different field of physics, just to broaden my horizons. Because I, in the PhD, you become like so focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what if I just do the same research on like these indium arsenide nanowires, like for the rest of my life? Like, what if I continue in academia? I'll never have experienced anything else. <laughs> I was having a midlife crisis in physics. So Mm -hmm. I went into quantum optics, and quantum optics is really good in the UK. And there's an incredible professor, Ian Walmsley, who I specifically sought out to work with 
Wow. So how was the PhD experience like or unlike what you thought it would be? Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that was hard. But in my head, I was like, well, enough people made it to the other side that yeah. I don't like, is it really hard? Or are you guys just complaining? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I often ask that. Yeah. You're like, I can do fuetes on point. How hard is it compared to that? <laughs> yeah. Hello. How hard, right? Um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's because you're required to do research and produce a result that no one else has ever done before. Hmm. And that is just it's extremely difficult. You're doing stuff that there is no manual for. There's no textbook to, there's no, it's, you're literally on your own and you get guidance, but your guidance, you know, the people who are guiding you also don't know because it's never been done before. And Mm -hmm. there's so many times where you'll spend seven months on something and you realize it doesn't work and you just have to start over and you have to do it again or in a different way. And maybe that takes three months and also doesn't work, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's the stress and the pressure and you're there. But it's it's the little things. It's the end result, you know. But then you get the result that no one's ever seen before. And you see that little dip and you're like, ha, that was, you know, I did that. That's all <laughs> No one else has seen this, right? Like, <laughs> it's got the pros and cons for sure. You know, it's very extended periods of like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? And then that blissful day of like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, obviously your Ph.D. has been rather intense. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ballet companies also have a reputation of being intense. What if your fellow dancers and your instructors thought of this physics path? And kind of similarly, what have your Ph.D. classmates and professors thought about your dancing because you don't hide either of them you're very public about both of these interests in your life I'm pretty public but at the same time I think I'm also a bit uh I keep things underneath the table so for instance while I was editing my thesis I had 81 shows in 10 days which actually worked for me because each show was four minutes on the hour because they say that every hour you're supposed to get up and stand up anyways if you're, you know, studying. But for me, it was a show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it would be quite intense. But then I would be super focused for that next hour and get a ton done. And I, I just, that kind of stuff, I don't think the physics world exactly knows the extent that I was dancing. Nor does the dance world know the extent that I do the physics. So if I submit a CV, I put all the dance stuff at the top. And I might put a little mention that I've gone to school to Harvard and Oxford, but like in very small print all the way at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I do realize that sometimes each of those individual worlds would think that I'm not as invested if I'm pursuing something else, even if I'm putting in the exact same hours as everyone else. Because mm. if people are doing eight hours, I'm like, a day, I'm like, I'm, I'll do, you know, eight or more a day in each, but it's just different. Well, it sounds like you show up and do the work that needs to be done in both, you know, and then you sort of figure out, 
okay, what do I need to do for me that will allow me, you know, to get this work done? You also sound like a master of time management. And as a fellow master of time management, (laughs) I salute you. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time I feel like I'm flailing around. (laughs) I also appreciate you saying that, too, because I relate to that Uh, and time management, if I do so myself. But um, I'm so curious, Merit, too, like how it feels like, you know, both of these parts of you are such huge parts of you. How how do they inform each other? Like, because I would imagine like doing a show and then having, you know, almost an hour to then work on your physics in a way probably diving into physics like takes off that post-show anxiety of like reflecting on your performance right or that adrenaline drop it almost like gives you another place to go i'm wondering like it helps yeah i think it helps become a better dancer as well Hmm. because you know i'm i'm i know what it's like to be sitting at a desk and cooped up and you know my brain does get really tired when I'm thinking about physics Mm -hmm. and so when I go into a dance studio or on stage I am so appreciative of being there Mm -hmm. and I really am thoroughly grateful of like having the opportunity to move and dance whereas I think a lot of the times a lot of my peers have now dropped out because if I think they lose that appreciation because they feel like they're forced to be there Hmm. And it, it and also it becomes just like um, mentally, I mean, it, it can become psychologically just a mess because you start critiquing yourself and you're staring at this mirror and you're hearing like people criticize you and and you just think you're not worth it. And there's this there's this ideal in ballet that you have to be and, and you know, no one is that ideal. And so then people start beating themselves up with that extra time. I think the mind starts kind of beating itself up. Yeah. And but if I'm coming from physics, like I'm totally distracted. So when I come in, I don't even I can't even hear it. Like I'm <laughs> I'm <totally off. laughs> I'm so happy for being there that I don't even if someone can say a negative comment, I'll be like, "Oh, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah." Yeah, and that's go on. <laughs> and I do, and I think it helps so much. And also the dance and the physics, dance side and the physics. Because when I come back to academia from dancing, I mean, I could not be happier to be sitting in a library all day long. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, literally, all my toes have blisters on them. Like, (laughs) make me sit down in a chair and read for hours. I do not want to move. That's incredible. Well, it, that's it reminds incredible. me of a comment that Donna Sarkar had about spreading your emotional eggs across several baskets. Uh, it sounds like spreading your physical eggs uh, as well, sort of, as you say, the the appreciation both of moving after you've been stuck at a desk all day long and then the appreciation for getting to sit at a desk after you've been moving all day long. And it takes away that fear. A lot of the times in the dance world, people are afraid of losing their jobs or that's all that they know, whereas... You know, when I'm in a ballet company or at auditions, I can go in and be as free as I want. I can dance. I can dance and be me and think, you know, look, take me or leave me. You know, I've got a backup plan. Like I've got something else that Mm -hmm. if this doesn't work for me for how I am, then that's fine. Like it's I won't take it personally, but I'm going to train really hard so that you will want to take me. 
It makes me wonder, has there ever been um, a time in your life when you've concentrated on just one? I mean, I know that there certainly has, mm-hmm. with, it sounds like the Zurich Ballet and, and other times, yeah. you know, um, and, and so just concentrate on one and put the other in the closet for a while. Or have you thought about, yeah, maybe there will be a period where I just focus on one and the other one goes on hold. Or do you feel like mm-hmm. it's this sort of marriage of both that you always like having some presence of one in your life at any given point? Yeah, good question. So, well, I've retired from dance a couple of times to focus on something. (laughs) And that didn't go very well. (laughs) And I've taken the years off from school to dance with ballet companies. Mm -hmm. But I I always knew I was going back to school. So when I was at Zurich Ballet, I was auditing quantum mechanics classes at the ETH. And then, you know, when I was with Boston Ballet, I was running back and forth to the lab. Um, So I haven't really just focused on one or the other. And I and now that I have the freedom to do that, I think I'm going to make a decision not to do that. Like, I'm going to continue pursuing both, but in my own way, not in the conventional way. Mm-hmm. I would. Do you have a you sense have... of what that way will be? I mean, there's a lot on the horizon. It just, I think it depends. We'll see what comes first. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I love the science outreach. So whether it be TV or invited talks to schools, like that's always been super rewarding. Like I love, I'll Skype with a different young girl daily, just as a mentoring thing. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I find it, it enriches me and and hopefully it helps them. And then like writing a children's book series. And Ooh. I'm I'm now training six hours a day to get ready for upcoming performances and auditions and film like loved working so oh I loved working in VR so we had a premiere at the Barbican in London um in March called Zero Point and it was really successful it was really great because we combined we sort of combined concepts of quantum mechanics and but it was very artistic and so there was there was dance elements to it and my collaborator is right now doing phenomenal work in Korea so I might go join him and wow. we're interested in continuing with VR or delving into the world of AI. That would also be fun. I don't know, there's, um, there's a lot of possibilities kind of merging. I would always, I always want to work on projects that are merging physics and dance and see what comes of it. I love that. Well, there is another, uh, very different project that you've been working on <laughs> uh, as well, in addition to all of these fascinating things you just mentioned. You're currently one of 12 contestants competing on the BBC reality show oh, yeah. Astronauts. <laughs> Do you have what it takes? So, Oh, yeah. Just that. I just that. forgot. I forgot <laughs> to see the filming in March. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But episodes are rolling out now, I believe, right? They're sort of, they've been. Just the last one. It was just the last one. Fascinating. So, Merritt, how did this opportunity come your way? And tell us about the process of of deciding to go forward and do it. Because physics and dance aren't enough. You need to be an astronaut, too. (laughs) I get it. I I would be in that same boat. (laughs) That that was a phenomenal experience. Oh, my gosh. Um, How I found out about it was I was at a dinner and someone mentioned that they got this funny email where people you could apply to be and go through the astronaut selection process for BBC. And I just I just got up from the table and went to the hallway and applied. I was like, <gasps> oh my god. 
Amazing. You are a gal after our own hearts. That You're is like, incredible. Thanks for the tip. Uh, I'll be right back. BRB. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> like this needs to happen. And so oh I was gosh. awfully excited, but we didn't find out until two weeks before filming started. Which was oh wow! Turn around. Yeah, especially since in wow. those two weeks we want to do the background story and the and you have to. Well, I had to get permission to get my thesis extended and like all these sorts of things pack because once you go, they take away your phone, your computer, you're offline. Oh my gosh. Take you to various places. You have no idea where you're going. So at first it was around <sighs> the UK, then it was Germany, then it was Sweden, then the US. You just have no idea where you're going. They keep everything quiet, like secret. Literally the day on the day, or five minutes before you open the door, they tell you what the task is and you have to perform it the best that you can without any practice and it's going to be televised. I mean, that second, you just get no lead up time. You get no practice. And it was funny because they told us, because we're all kind of, we all have PhDs and we're all athletic, but none of us have done TV. So they said, oh, you know what? We're going to let you guys get used to the mics. We're going to let you guys get used to being filmed. So the first day, they're like, so this is a helicopter. <laughs> go go inside and hover it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You to get used to the mic. You're throwing us into a helicopter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that... Yeah. So we, I mean, first wow. day, we were just asked. I mean, they literally gave us, uh, they showed us stick figures of, like, what the pedal looked like. And then said, so, so this goes. Wait, you had to fly the helicopter? It, we had to fly it and hover it. What? Yeah. Meters above this the ground. seems unsafe. <laughs> it's quite low. It's quite low. Where uh-huh. You're watching, you know, the other candidates in the helicopter like, oh, my gosh, that tail's really close to the ground. <gasps> oh, I feel like, I hope I don't crash this. Oh, and it, my gosh. How long was the, the filming? How long were you kind of away from reality? I mean, I think three weeks. This is stressing me out just hearing about it. Um, I, uh, now I need to track down a way to stream this because uh, I don't think we get the BBC in New York. But now I want to watch the show because yes. clearly this is, uh, this is high stakes television. Our, we had to take our own blood. Like, um, <gasps> and, like, they drowned us. Uh, like, they, well, we dug, got dunked in water and we had to like, wow. get out and then... Okay, drawing your own blood so, is where I would I would have dropped yeah, out. Yeah, I, I knew as soon as I heard blood, I was like, Christina Wallace out. Um, there goes my hopes of going to Mars, guys. I mean, Merritt, did you find that like you know having been through like the rigor that you've been through, like did, were there points where you're like, yeah, that's coming in really handy, or was it just like a whole new different kind of set of set of challenges? Because a, it sounds like it was. Um, you know, how, how did you, how did you deal? <laughs> That's what I want how to know. valuable was being stretchy? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. There's there one little pod that I had to be in. I was like, thank God I'm me in this little pod. And not like the GB, you know, Bob's letter who's like trying to squeeze in this thing. <laughs> so there are benefits. There are definitely benefits. Um, I mean, all the tasks I'd never done before. Yeah. And, and with physics and ballet, I mean, yeah, physics and ballet, I've trained years and years for a performance. I, like, I know mm-hmm. exactly what I'm going into, and I know exactly what's going to be demanded of me, whereas this was a whole other level of pressure and just the unknown. 
Like even yeah. when we did a task and finished, they wouldn't tell us how we did. And oh. you're just left in the dark the whole time, which mm. was very bizarre. It felt very bizarre. But there were benefits of, you know, there are things that helped. So, for instance, like as a dancer, we do live performances all the all the time and, and things go wrong. For instance, like the light bulb from the top will like burst and then you have glass all over the floor. And so you have to deal with that and and you wow. just have to deal with on like spur of the moment kind of you know things that go wrong and you just have to cope with it so that for me I, I think helped during this astronaut process because you know things would get thrown at me that I've never done before and you just have to kind of roll with the punches and go and be like okay well how can I make the best of this and how can I go forward and you know what skills can I bring to it mm-hmm. but in general, it was a little bit of a, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but it was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm going to continue. So I started um, piloting lessons because I want to get work on that because 90% of astronaut training is pretty much piloting and, and knowing how to navigate. And, um, yeah, it's continuing learning Russian and just various little things that would prepare me I feel like I'm 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 a stronger applicant to actually apply to be an astronaut. Wait, so are you are you on a short list? Are you going? Is this why you're you're learning <laughs> Russian and and becoming a pilot? Did you just give away the whole series? I'm so excited. <laughs> Exclusive on the limit does not exist. <laughs> so no one from the actual the show gets to go to space. Oh, yeah. Well, there there are only so many people that have actually gone to space. No, true. That's a fair statement. So let me. <laughs> Because some people who made it through a show go to space would be a little unfair, I think. Mm. But it's definitely opened my eyes to a whole other world. And for me, it made me reflect and be like, you know, I can raise my, the bar for myself so much higher than I had it currently. And it, it, it was incredibly inspiring and motivating on so many levels. Yeah. Are you, I mean, you mentioned uh, earlier kind of your interest in science communication and television. Mm-hmm. Did you get bitten by the bug? Is this, did this open kind of a new path for you? This considering of how can I share both this interest in science and in ballet through a medium that reaches a whole heck of a lot more people than those who might be reading your thesis? Yeah, ex- exactly. And especially since I've been talking to these young students and young kids who are, I think, who are incredibly passionate about their art form, incredibly passionate about science, and they've always been told that they can't do both. You know, just talking with them and encouraging them has been incredibly fulfilling. I've started like a little private group. We call each other the siblings, the science art siblings. To kind of, you know, it, where we can, like, discuss and, you know, things that come up and um, whether it be difficulties or highlights, etc. Just to, because I found the journey fairly lonely, mm. kind of not knowing what I was doing, but I, I was driven by, you know, it was pretty much passion and, I, like, a commitment to what I wanted to do. I, I'm just extremely stubborn. So like people would say, oh, you can't do it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it was a bit lonely. And, and so now I'm very motivated to make it less lonely for the others who do feel inspired to do both. 
and I and I think it's actually quite possible. And I think it. I really do think it's making me a better dancer to have done physics. And I and I think that it's made me a better physicist to have done dance. And it, and it should be more of the norm. Like it's kind of crazy to think that there's this mentality that either people have an analytic brain or a creative brain, and that you need to figure that out at age 12, and then you just pursue whatever that is for the rest of your life. Like, no, that's. You know, you need a creative brain in the lab to think of new ideas, and you need the analytic brain in the dance studio to figure out what a fuete is or to figure out your center of mass. Mm-hmm. Well, you are speaking our language. Hundred I mean, percent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We um we first figured out who you were. Um, you got on our radar when three separate people, including a former guest and two <laughs> listeners, emailed us an article about you oh. saying, "Oh, she is a classic human Venn diagram, and yes. she must be on your show." Oh, so cool. we love what you are doing, and certainly we agree that it it feels lonelier than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because certainly from the the year and a half that we've been doing this show, the number of human Venn diagrams that we have stumbled upon is just uh, astonishing because it, it feels like there, you know, there aren't that many who are doing these crazy, awesome, intersecting world things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet when you look a little bit under the covers, there you all are. So you're in good company. It's good fun. I'm thinking about you, you know, Merritt, taking these three weeks off, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things is a short period of time. But knowing that you were pursuing your PhD and you're doing dance, like, how have you, have there been times when you've had to sort of explain to people like, look, you know, I'm doing this other thing, you know, or just get people on board with what you're doing who might not understand it right away, mm-hmm. right? Because that is a challenge of, of being what we like to call human Venn diagrams is, you know, getting people right. on board with what you're doing. And as Christina mentioned, you, you know, looking at you on social media and these great write-ups on you, from our eyes, you do such a wonderful job of like really branding yourself as doing both. But I'm curious mm-hmm. if like there's been a challenge at times or many times of getting people to like get, uh, you know, to get yeah. on board with, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing for a sec and it's fine. <laughs> like, how do you navigate that? I would say for the first 10 years, I mean, I'm sure that everyone meant well, but it was like, Merit, what are you doing? Like, you can't, like, if you want to do dance, do dance. And if you want to do physics, do physics. But, like, what are you doing doing both? Mm. Like, you need, to, you need to focus on one or the other. And I, I mean, my philosophy was I would just kind of nod my head and then just do it my way. <laughs> I, 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 like, it just... At the end of the day, it took too much energy to try to change people's mentality. And I was thinking, you know, look, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going to have my results speak for themselves. Not Well, that's not what I was thinking, actually, because I I had no clue if I was going to actually make it. But Hmm. now I feel that, yeah, I, I can do both more publicly. And it, it's, it's been a bit funny though, because it, it, I mean, it came up on BBC like news that there was a dancing physicist. And, <laughs> I know, in my head, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know if that's like breaking news. I've been doing this like 10 years. <laughs> right. It's been, a, it's been a long, you know, it's been a long haul. It's not been an overnight thing. Where yeah. I just decided to do both. Mm-hmm. And especially my friends were like, this isn't news. <laughs> We've known you a long time. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and it's also funny how nowadays 
a lot of the people that might have not said so positive things in the past are like, we knew you did, you could do that. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you knew it the whole time. Of yes. course. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they were on, on your team. You just didn't yeah. know it. And I, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, and even even now... I'm not sure I have the right mentality for it or, or what's the right way. But my mentality is I just kind of keep my head down mm. when I'm working. I'm working and I keep my head down and then I do it and then I'll pop my head up and kind of share what I've been doing. But mm-hmm. I, I, it'd be a good question and debate to have. Do you feel like you've changed anyone's minds, particularly if I'm thinking of maybe your dissertation advisor or, you know, a the casting director at a ballet company uh, you know, maybe as you say, kind of keeping your head down, doing the work, and then sharing later, um, and helping them understand the breadth of who you are. Do you think you've successfully changed anyone's minds that that this sort of all-in focus that people expect of both of these worlds isn't necessarily the most productive, or the healthiest, or the most sustainable, and that mm-hmm. perhaps this this, you know, hybrid life that you've created actually might give you a competitive advantage in both worlds. Yeah. So I think, like, for instance, company directors, I do prove myself because they'll want to continue my contract and they do mm-hmm. value me as an artist. Um, the, the people that I actually care about the most is, or like my peers or like the younger generation. So mm-hmm. from when I was at Harvard, I mean, it was... I don't think there was anyone who had actually gone to dance professionally um, straight from college or in college. And But the minute I had done my one year and come back, I mean, we've now got probably uh, 10 alum who are, you know, dancing professionally on a really, really incredibly high level. Really? Sometimes I, yeah, like Paul Taylor and... LA Ballet and and Ballet Austin and all over the place and I think sometimes it just takes someone to do like the four minute mile yeah and and then everyone else is like oh oh that's actually easy like (laughs) like why you know I think there's sometimes just this whole like mental stop or like it can't be done like Mm -hmm. once I go to college like I can never dance that's, and I, I do remember that mentality of like, you know, people just thinking, look, this is the end. I've decided to come to college. And I'm never going to dance again. But now if you kind of open the door and be like, well, actually, like you could if you wanted to, then mm. it just brings, you know, it opens the doors to be like, you know, and then the, so many people do it. <laughs> and then it's, <laughs> somehow it's all easy. Yeah. I, I've always kind of disliked the phrase you can't be what you can't see because obviously you can there are some that that make it happen um but i do think it's hard to be what you can't see and it mm-hmm. seems that like mm-hmm. you merit have um in addition to your amazing success as a dancer and as a physicist you've also contributed in such a substantial way in sharing what people can be um, and it sounds like uh, that that legacy is only beginning for you. So well, I'm excited to see the kind of inspiration and the impact you have on dancers and scientists that come up after you. Thank you very much. Yeah, now I feel like I've done 29 years of training. I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to like actually do the, you know, the work and, and do everything that I want to do. 
Well, I love that. It's so inspiring to hear you talk about just that, doing the work, showing up, doing what you are passionate about. And then, like you said, popping your head up and saying, okay, where am I now? What's next? Well, what is next for us is something we like to call the lightning round. round. (laughs) We are going to throw you a handful of fun questions. And your job is to just answer with the first thing that pops into your brain. And we, in turn, are going to do our best to not ask follow-up questions, which is hard for us. Okay. Are you game? Okay. I hope so. Of course you are. You're Merit Moore. You are totally game. Um, Question number one, what's something that you're reading right now? It was my thesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would imagine. Sorry. Mm, Follow-up question. I'm asking anyway. What was the title of your thesis? Investigating large quantum states of light at telecommunication band. Such mm. good late night reading. I don't read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, to be honest, I've just been editing a thesis for months and months. So. <laughs> okay, question number two. What was the last thing that made you go, ooh la la? <laughs> Do you like that, Kate? You like my I reading? love that. Merit, to give you a little history, this is a question that we always like to just <laughs> surprise the other with just a new random reaction sound. And Christina, you just nailed that. Thank you. <laughs> so the last thing that made you go, ooh, la, la. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I feel like, um, okay, no, it's going to sound creepy. That, no. Uh, so on the Instagram, there's like this cute little kid that's like dancing to the church. Like, it's so good. But I wasn't going like, ooh, la, la. I was like, Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not the same. Your interpretation of the question. Yeah. We'll accept it. Exactly. We will. I love watching little kids dance. There's just like such a freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's so good. He was doing all of the ballet moves that, um, yeah, it was just great. Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right. So favorite dance move? Oh, definitely like my daddy's, like my dad's like daddy dance move <laughs> like where it's the shaking of the hip and like the twisting of the foot but like mm. doesn't really coordinate really well <laughs> there's so much effort to it and and like dedication yeah i i love that answer so much because i was expecting you to throw out like a french ballet term and instead i, I love that <laughs> it was fabulous and i appreciated it yes me too <laughs> um okay you're doing so well question four what is your ideal day off itinerary yeah like your oh. perfect day off what would you do <laughs> such a dork i would go to a dance studio <laughs> And stretch for hours, <laughs> then go to a yoga class, and then go to a ballet class. Can you tell I've been in the physics world for a really long time? <laughs> I was going to say, this doesn't sound like a day off unless it's a day off from physics, and then it totally is a day off. I've been doing my thesis for a very long time. <laughs> like, the idea of just stretching for hours without my phone and without a book, like, it just, oh, yeah. that's incredible as if we didn't already know that you were doing what you're supposed to do i love it Mm -hmm. okay we're gonna bring it home with this one merit give a shout out for a woman who's doing awesome things and either dance or physics just a a gal that you want to give a little extra love to uh who may or may not be under the radar Ooh, can i do it to give it to three sure 
Yeah. So Suchitra, who's at Cambridge, Melissa Franklin, who is my advisor at Harvard in terms of physics, those two have been so incredibly inspiring and the best mentors. And then in the dance world, I would say um, Tamara Rojo, who's director of the English National Ballet, because she is badass. And I mean, she's still doing all the principal roles and directing an incredible company. Awesome. Great show. Amazing. Well, you are a total badass. We are so, Mm -hmm. so psyched that we got to hang out with you on the show. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. Well, we can't wait to see where you head next. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be astronomical and awesome, no matter where you are. Oh, I see what uh, you did there. Yeah, there was a little bit of a space (laughs) reference I was going for. Yeah. Thanks, Christina. (laughs) It's appreciated. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Well, thank you so much, Merit. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.